This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. What has happened, everybody? It is A's Cast Live here on A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. And what a show we have for you leading up to tonight's game between the Athletics and the Seattle Mariners. After the A's just take two out of three from the Minnesota Twins. They've won five of six. So they won their last three in Anaheim, then two out of three against the Twins, and they are heading to the break. Three more against the Seattle Mariners. Only problem, though. The only problem is that they have struggled against the Seattle Mariners this season. Hopefully, that will not be the case today. What do we have going for you? Well, once again, Commander Cody has put together an unbelievable list of guests. Bob Nightingale from the USA Today, one of the top writers in all of baseball, is going to be joining us coming up here at 415. And then around 430, a really, really, really special treat for you. Liam Hendricks, the All-Star, should be joining us here on A's Cast Live. Yes, Liam Hendricks is now an All-Star. Charlie Morton is out of the All-Star game. Liam is in. He's 3-0, three saves with a 1.29 ERA with 60 strikeouts in 40 games this year. And that includes two starts as the opener. As a reliever, think about how good Liam Hendricks has been as a reliever. He has a 0.96 ERA as a reliever. Opponents are only batting 193 against him this year. And you know that stat we've been running. 24 out of his last 25 relief appearances, he's got a 0.29 ERA. Absolutely unbelievable. He was just named American League Reliever of the Month in June. Liam Hendricks, the All-Star. Where... You want you want coverage of baseball and this team? There is no other place to go. You want to go listen to everybody else talking about the same boring NBA stuff, the same stuff over and over and over again? Be my guest. You want great baseball? This is where you come. There's no show like this in the country. We've got Bob Nightingale. We got 415, Liam Hendricks at 430. Daniel, Daniel, is it Moskis or Moskis, Commander Cody, just to get this right? Daniel Moskos. 
Daniel Moscos, who once he played for the Pirates. He was the fourth overall pick in 2007, former Pirates reliever, and now works with Driveline, Driveline Baseball, which is a really good academy for they uh, do a lot of da- data driven for velocity and pitchers. So he'll be able to talk about all the you know the all the velos going on in baseball right now. Well, it's more than that. You know, we when uh, the Athletics were up taking on the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Scott Emerson and a couple of the guys went over to Driveline, which is in the Pacific Northwest, and they basically they take pitchers and they can help hitters. They take guys and just make them better. And a lot of it's the pitch shaping, it's the high tech cameras, it's the radar, the rap soto. But here is something we're gonna have to talk to him about. As Peter Gammons did it, and he's gonna be at five o'clock. Moscos, Daniel Moscos, right? Am I saying Moscas or Mos? Moscos. Moscos. I gotta write that down. Hold on. Hold on, everybody. Moscos. Here's the deal. These guys who think they're the smartest guys in the world, and that's all these front office people, they're ruining their pitchers. And there's now evidence. I've been keeping track of this for a while about how bullpens are eating up more innings than ever before. And you hear, all oh, these guys, we don't want our starters going through the lineup the third time. We have the evidence. Oh, yeah. You know what your evidence is doing right now? It's killing your pitching staffs. For the first time since 1968, starters have better overall ERA than relievers. And more pitchers are going on the, the IL. Some still like to call it the DL, the IL than ever before. So your numbers might say one thing, but the results aren't working. We'll talk to David Force about that coming up at 530. Yeah, yeah, you look at the Rays. You know what the Rays do? The Rays chew you up and spit you out and then just go to more guys. They're constantly moving guys on the IL, down to AAA. They're got, they, so they're really operating with like a 16, 17-man bullpen, the way they use the IL and the way they use guys with options. That's the only way to do it. Otherwise, you're in big trouble. A.J. Hinch, the manager of the Houston Astros, has said, hey, if we didn't have... Guys like Verlander and Cole, who we know can get us innings, we couldn't be that creative with our bullpen. Those guys allow us because they know two out of the five days they're going to get six to seven solid innings. But not everybody has Verlander and Cole. I think about the A's. You want to know why the A's are eight games over 500 right now? I can tell you it's not because of their bullpen. It's because they're starters for the most part. I mean, the A's, I mean, they got 17 blown saves already. The A's bullpen is nowhere even near the numbers. I mean, it's not even close what the numbers are compared to last year. Not even close. For the most part, when the A's have gone on these winning streaks, it's been their starters. I mean, look at look at these games that they've won against the Angels. Fires got the win. Anderson got the win. Bassett got the win. First win against Minnesota. Mingdon got it. 
And then the only win that came out of the bullpen was Wong, who got his first career win yesterday. Really cool for him. Starters have been getting it done for the athletics. And that's what, you know, in the second half, teams are basically going to have burn. I mean, the second half is going to be very intriguing to see these numbers. Because these numbers, the way they're trending, are just showing you there's going to be some really, really bad teams and there's going to be some really, really beat-up bullpens that teams like the A's should absolutely feast on. So, once again, Bob Nightingale at 415, the all-star Liam Hendricks at 430. We'll have Daniel Moscos at 5 o'clock from Driveline, and then the David Force Show will be at 530, and before you know it, we'll be at A's Baseball. But Liam Hendricks, I feel so good for him. Just think just think about this. June 25th of last year. It wasn't that long ago. He was DFA'd. And no one wanted him. There's 29 other teams that could have had Liam Hendricks. No one wanted him. Goes down to AAA. And we had him. We, I mean, we've had him on the show. We had him on the show uh, on the field. Because he came out, we talked about Pride Night. We talked about all the things he's doing, the uh, Backpacks for Hunger. I, I, I know that's not the actual name, but he is a part of a group that makes sure that kids have backpacks with food in it when they go home for the weekend so they have food. He's teaming up with Tony La Russa and Arf. I mean, there's so many things that he's doing. And the last time he came out, he actually admitted that maybe they're, maybe they're out over their skis a little bit because they're doing so much. But for Liam Hendricks, what he is doing is he's he, he, he's turned his career around. So after he goes down back to AAA last year, he credits by, by saying, you know, I'm going to do it my way. And just started playing a lot of long toss, got his fastball back. And next thing you know, he's the opener in September for the Athletics. Next thing you know, he's the guy who's starting the wild card game. And now he's the guy who... You won at the end of games. Blake Trinan had a historic 2018. Does anybody want to see Blake Trinan in a game right now that's close at the end of the game? The answer is no. Blake Trinan is nowhere even near who he was last year. The velocity is still there. The sink is still there. The problem is I can't say this for sure yet. But has baseball figured Blake Trinan out? Do they know now, I'm not going to swing at anything. I'm going to let Blake get down 2-0, 3-1. Anything sinking, let go, because it's not going to be a strike. Last year, everybody swung over the top of that 98-mile-an-hour bowling ball sinker. Everybody swung over the top. They couldn't hit it. Now everybody's taking it because people make adjustments. That's how baseball works. It's a constant adjustment your entire career. The league adjusts to you, you adjust the league. Then the league adjusts again, then you adjust. I mean, it's constantly, you're constantly adjusting. Unless you're Mariano Rivera who just says, hey, I'm throwing a, uh, I'm throwing a cutter. Here you go. And he threw a cutter for all those years, and no one could hit it. 
But now everybody's laying off Blake's stuff. And Liam Hendricks is the guy right now. And until further notice, Liam Hendricks now going to the All-Star game, Liam Hendricks is going to be your closer. How crazy is that? Where we were at the beginning of the year, Torino, Trine, and all those two guys, bullpen's all about those two guys to where now the bullpen is all about Liam Hendricks and the 30-year-old is an all-star for the first time. What an absolute incredible story that is. Good for him. He's a wonderful human being. And the fact that he's going to the All-Star game, it really doesn't get any better than that. Coming up next, he's one of my favorites from the USA Today. Bob Nightingale is going to join us. We'll talk All-Star game. We'll talk Liam Hendricks. So much to get into right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. The A's right now at 48 and 40 are just one game back of the Indians for the second wild card spot. With three more to play, All Star break, and then you got a whole second half. It's going to be phenomenal. And the thing that I like to say at this time of the year, as people like to, oh, it's a marathon. Everybody wants to talk about a marathon. This is not a marathon. It's now a sprint. If you think this is a marathon now, you're kidding yourself. Because once these teams start playing after the All-Star break, I'm telling you, this is how it goes. Everybody's going to be doing vacation stuff. You're going to be in and out. Kids are home from school. And before you know it, kids are back at school, football starts, and then the baseball playoffs will be here. So the marathon thing is over. Once you get out of the all-star break, everybody's sprinting to the finish line. He's one of our favorites. It's always great to have him on, whatever we're doing, the A's pregame show. But this is our live show, A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. Bob Nightingale from the USA Today, one of the best in the business is with us. Bob, how are we doing this afternoon? Yeah, doing great, Chris. Yourself? Oh, doing wonderful. And, you know, one thing that we've been talking about with the A's, only being one game back of that second wild card, we're, we're, we're going to get out of the all-star break and everybody's going to be sprinting to the finish line. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the division races have been decided, but the, uh, yeah, the AL wild card is still alive. The AL wild card is an absolute circus. How many teams are involved in that thing? So, yeah, we'll see here, and uh, we'll see how many teams are serious about it in these next, uh, you know, three weeks with the uh, before the uh, trade deadline. Are, are, are you shocked we haven't seen more movement with the trade deadline because the trade deadline, this is this is a hard deadline now. There's nothing going to be, no waiver wire process going to be happening, guys going through waivers in August. Uh, didn't you think there would probably be more action by this point? I thought there might be, but, you know, talking to GMs and stuff over the last month, it's just been business as usual. You know, no, no changes whatsoever. And certainly that's what they, uh, you know, that's what's happened. I mean, it's just been the uh, – the same old thing. We'll see a rush of trades right before uh, July 31st, but nothing, you know, maybe a scattered couple beforehand, but that's it. 
you know, if we would have lined up all these A's in spring training and said, okay, I want you to pick out and who you think could potentially be an all-star. Yeah, you had a lot of guys, including Matt Chapman, you would have picked. The one guy you wouldn't have picked is Liam Hendricks. He is now in the All-Star game. Charlie Morton is not going to go from the Rays. Liam is in. He has the lowest relief ERA in the majors at 0.96. Just how shocked are you the turnaround? Last year he was DFA'd on June 25th, and now in July of next year he's an All-Star. Yeah, amazing comeback story. And, you know, as you know, great guy. It's good to see it happen. Uh, no matter what happens the rest of his career, he can say, hey, I was an all-star. He'll always be former all-star pitcher. So, uh, yeah, it could happen to a nicer guy, great personality. Fun to see. And that's the beauty about the relievers is you never know from one year to the next that a guy's an all-star or, or DFA. Do you like the new format of the uh, Home Run Derby? Uh, you know, the uh, last couple of years has been a lot better. Uh, the only thing about the home run derby is, like, we're seeing that every single night. I think if we want to see di- something different, let's have a hit and run contest or a bunting contest. But, yeah, you always wonder because the uh, you know every single night we're seeing a home run derby. So I don't know if that takes away from it or not. You know, I, 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 you know, you talk about all the home runs. The A's have just set a record for most home runs at the All-Star break. Uh, we, you know, the A's just took on the Minnesota Twins. They've now set the they, – they passed the Yankees for the all-time uh, record for home runs by the All-Star break. We now know Rob Manfred admitted down in, well, over in London that, you know, the ball is flying farther, there is less drag. Do you think this is actually bad for baseball or just people love home runs and the more home runs that are hit, the fans dig it? Well, I'm not sure the fans dig it because the tennis is down again. So, uh, you know, it looks good with the home runs and people do enjoy them, but they, they want to see some more action too. I mean, back in the steroid era, at least we had more action besides home runs. But we're not seeing that now. I know a lot of former players are just disgusted with the game. Scouts are upset. It's certainly not the game everybody grew up watching. It's a completely different game. So, you know, the balls are juiced. You know, now you wonder, hey, are some players juiced as well? Uh, a, lot of, a lot of questions going on in the game right now. Yeah, you bring up the players because we have just, you know, we've all thought that uh, everything's on the up and up now because baseball's testing is so stringent. But, you know, Frankie Montas of the Athletics just got popped. Do you think we're starting to get back to what we saw years ago where more players are, are sneaking around, taking things they shouldn't be taking, and, and they're basically uh, being able to pass the test when they, when they shouldn't be? Well, it's only testosterone, uh, you know, injections and stuff, and lozenges. You can take without being detected. You know, guys can take this stuff after games. By the time they show up the next day, out of their system. And, uh, you know, uh, for Montez to get caught, it means you just did it wrong. So, yeah, I mean, as we learned from the biogenesis thing, which was, uh, you know, 2013, you know, anything's possible because none of those 13 guys ever tested positive. So we're not sure what's going on. But, you know, you raise your eyebrows at some of these guys. Some of these guys are launching balls that, wait a minute now, I don't care if it's a juice ball or not. You know, they're hitting the balls much further than McGuire or Bonds or Sosa ever did. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Bob Nightingale from the USA Today joins us here, Ace Cast Live with Chris Townsend. And with the trading deadline coming up, what are you hearing from from scouts, from executives, from people who are looking at other teams? What are the big names you think they're at that are actually going to get moved? Well, the uh, you know, Giants have a couple of them, obviously, and Madison Baumgartner, 
and uh, Will Smith, uh, Tony Watson, those three guys for sure. Uh, you know, Toronto Blue Jays have a couple, and Marcus Stroman and uh, and Sanchez as well. Uh, you know, Stroman, you know, uh, is a much bigger name and having a a, a better year. Uh, you know, we'll see about the rest. I'm not sure Mike Miner from Texas Rangers gets moved. So I don't want to hear just a uh, a lot of household names that get moved. I think it's going to be, you know, business as usual, a lot of uh, relievers, that sort of thing. You know, the Washington Nationals are right back in this thing. It's all that talk about them, you know, dumping guys. That's not going to happen. Uh, you know, too many teams are hanging around the race kind of, uh, to, to give up. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like certain teams, you know, Arizona. Look at where Arizona is right now. And there's, you know, reading the tea leaves, some people out there believe that, you know, Arizona could be dumping Zach Greinke. I mean, do, do you think we'll see some teams who actually have a potential shot just basically start waving the flag here? Yeah, I mean, Greinke is a good call. I think they will uh, They will attempt to trade him. You know, they're, uh, you know, three games out of, I mean, three games below 500 now. Uh, trouble is Greinke's contract. I think that's going to be complicated to move. He's got about half the teams on his no trade list. So I would think Robbie Ray would be a little more uh, feasible to, to, to deal him. Greg Holland was a perfect trade chip until he kind of blew up lately uh, on the bullpen. So uh, some of you know the big salary guys, you know, will get moved as usual. But now those, you know, as you mentioned before, those big salary guys can't get trades in August. You got to move them in July. If you had to buy stock in one team in the American League and one team in the National League who currently isn't leading their division, who would that be? Well, that's a good one. I, uh, you know, I, I still like the Cubs are tied for first, you know, if that counts, uh, you know, hanging around with, with the Brewers. I still think they can be a, uh, a dangerous team. And, hey, if the, nobody wants to play the Washington Nationals. If they make the playoffs, you got to go against Scherzer and Strasburg and Animal Sanchez. That's tough to go through. So, you know, maybe the Nationals, uh, you know, and then the, uh, in the America League, you know, uh, you know, may, maybe it's a team, a team like the Boston Red Sox or Cleveland Indians. Uh, the Indians, you know, still, they make the playoffs, still have a, a great rotation. Boston Red Sox have been there and done that. Win. So I'd probably go with the Indians and Red Sox American You mentioned the Chicago Cubs, and the Chicago Cubs right now are 46 and 42. And they're they're right in this thing in their division or getting a wild card spot. Why is Theo Epstein out, Theo Epstein out there saying, you know what, if things don't get right, we're gonna blow up this team? Like, what, what is that good for the Cubs? Why would he do that? I think he's trying to light a fire on him, or maybe light a fire on Joe Madden, who's the last year of his contract, just saying, hey, the division's a lot weaker than anybody thought. Uh, you know, here's the here's Reds, you know, uh, three games three games below 500, and they're just two games back in the loss column. It's almost like, you know, somebody should win, be winning this division by 10 games. I just think he thinks they've been underachieving. I do to a degree. Uh, obviously, you know, Joe Madden's been in the hot seat all year. I think that seat is getting hotter. Uh, I think they have to play, you know, good baseball and go deep into October for him to save his job. But I think Theo is saying, wait a minute now, we don't turn things around quickly. I may have to make a move. So I, I just think out of frustration that he thinks his team should be running away with the division. Are you going to Cleveland for the All-Star game? Yep, I'll be there tomorrow. 
Great stuff. We'll be reading you in the USA Today. Bob, you're the best. Thank you so much, and uh, safe travels. Okay. Thanks, man. Take care. Bob Nightingale from the USA Today. Yeah, I'm kind of getting excited for the All-Star game. I haven't been excited for the All-Star game in a few years. I'm a little jaded. You know, I mean, when you work around baseball every single day, and you, you, know, you go to countless games, at some point you, you, you need to get away from it, right, to recharge for the second half. We're getting Liam Hendricks next. Do you want a break or no? You just want me to keep talking, keep dancing? Dance, boy, dance. I'm starting to look forward to the All-Star game. Oh, I got an article from Buster Only today. It, it, it is truly, and Tony Clark, who is the MLB union chief, longtime slugger, love Tony. I grew up playing baseball with Tony Clark. We were on a couple all-star teams together in San Diego when we were kids. But these guys are delusional. Like the players union is absolutely delusional. When they're talking about these veteran guys in free agency, the game's not going that way. Do we have the all-star? Liam Hendricks, one of the great turnarounds. We've talked to him about how went down to AAA, changed things. He did it his way, and now he's the, arguably the best reliever in baseball. Liam, we've, we've talked so much about what you do for people and animals off the field, but today it's all about you. Congratulations. You're an American League all-star. Thank you very much. It's always weird saying American League when I'm Australian, but uh, I'm excited <laughs> to be a part of it. What, what, what did that mean to you when you got the call that you're going to the All-Star game in Cleveland and, and your wife is from close by and you're going to have so much family with you? What was that phone call like? Uh, it was cool. Like, uh, So I get to the field and Bomo gave me a call and I answered him like, hey, I'm just going to walk into your office. And uh, yeah, he told me in the office and yeah, like, definitely knees got a little weaker. And it was just, uh, I mean, it was, it was totally unexpected because I've been convincing myself that it wasn't a big deal to me because we just, uh, we just made plans to go to big stuff for the all-star break. Like um, I was a little disappointed when the, the original list came out and I wasn't a part of it, but I understood the fact of it's extremely hard to make it as a non-closer. And uh, you look at the relievers who made it for the American league all-star team. You got Chapman, uh, Brad hand, you've got uh, Shane green, who's leading everything and everything. And then you've got uh, Ryan Presley who, broke some like thousand inning scholars trick or whatever it was. I mean, you can't compete with those four guys. So I'm just happy to be part of it and was just happy to be in even in consideration for it as well. And it really couldn't have been a better city for you and your family and your wife than having the game in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, so my wife's father lives in, uh, father and stepmom live in, uh, live in Ohio. They're about an hour and a half away. So, um, yeah, we got family there. We've, um, I guess my wife has already spoken to a couple of our friends, and they're going to make the trip from Florida down. So, um, yeah, we, it's going to be a good group of people out there. I'm excited for it. and I mean, I'm just excited to be a part of it, to be honest. Like, I, after last year and everything that I went through, it's uh, it was this isn't the year that I expected to have, but it's been a blessing for sure. I, I think about the last year, we were just talking about it, where you're DFA'd on June 25th. Next thing you know, you go back down, you reestablish yourself, you're going to do it your way, and your way works, next thing you know, you're starting a playoff game, now you're closing out games, and now you're going to the All-Star game. This is one of the great stories that we have seen in Major League Baseball. Just for you as a person, how you've basically gotten over all these hurdles to get where you are, what has that meant to you as a person and, and as a professional athlete? 
Yeah, it's been an uh, it's been an interesting twelve months. Obviously, about twelve months and three days ago, I took my outright assignment to Nashville, and um, yeah, I mean, looking back on it, there was no chance I ever expected to be doing something like this. Um, I'm just happy, like I've I've gone out there, I've changed my mindset a little bit, so I'm kind of going in there expecting nothing and being very being very grateful when I can get anything going. So um, I think that's been the biggest thing for me. Like I was getting a little complacent, but not only that, I was going in there expecting, okay, I'm the sixth inning guy. So if I came in in the fourth inning, I was annoyed because it's like, this isn't my role. What are we doing? And this year I've come in with a different mentality of like, um, I'm just going to go out there. If they want me to pitch the sixth, they want me to pitch the sixth. They want me to pitch the first, I'll throw the first. I'm not, not concerned with what role, my, what role I have. I'm just going out there. I'm just happy to be part of the team, and I'm just happy to be pitching. All I want to do is pitch, and uh, they've been, I've been lucky enough to be throwing well, so I can get some good outings. What has been the conversation like between Bob Melvin, Scott Emerson, and you to where this isn't Liam, Liam coming in the sixth, this isn't Liam being the opener. You right now are the A's closer. What, are the, what have the conversations been like? I mean, the conversation has been pretty brief. It's just been me pretty much telling you, like, no matter what inning you choose me for, I'll be ready. So if they want me to do whatever role, whatever situation, I've just given them the the, the old go-ahead. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not – I've kind of taken the ego away, and it's it's been refreshing. I'm not worried about any role or anything like that. If you need, if if, I'm, if you want me to pitch the sixth, I'll pitch the sixth. I'm not concerned with it. I'm just going to go out there and get people out, and that's all I've been doing so far. So it's been uh, it's been a good little stretch, but – I mean, you look at the stuff, the guys we got behind it. It's it's a lot. It's a lot easier to go out there with some confidence when you got this defense behind you. Take me through the mental mindset of the way you are right now, because right now I'm watching you pitch with a whole lot of conviction, and you're coming right after people. Whether it's the fastball, whether it's the breaking ball, just tell me from a mental standpoint, where are you compared to last year? I mean, I'm in a completely different place last year. There were times where, if like, if I got, if I went out there and I was feeling good, like I was good. But there were other times where I went out there, and I wasn't feeling great, and so I was trying to make sure I missed bats and I threw it out of the zone and got people to chase rather than going out there and being like, no, hit this if you can. And that's pretty much where my mindset is now. It's like I'm going out there. I'm not, I want to give anybody any free passes. I'm going to make them beat me, and that's that's my entire goal now. Is you have to beat me to be able to get on base and. I think it's it's worked well for me so far because it's just I'm going out there, I'm throwing strikes, I'm keeping people off balance, and and as I said, you need to beat me. I'm not going to give you a free pass and give you an opportunity to get on base. It it just sounds like you're in a different world, and it's got to be very refreshing. It's I mean this is this has got to be the best time of your career. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, obviously, I'm having an extremely good year so far, and I mean, I've been selected the All Star game. I mean, I'm on cloud nine right now. They're kind of I can't explain it well enough in, in the limited vocabulary I have. So, it's um, yeah, I'm just excited to be a part of this team, and I'm excited to go there and represent the A's of the All-Star game. You know, and, and I think of all the things that you do, you and your wife, away from the field, where you're making sure kids go home with food, with the, with the backpacks. And I think about you teaming up with ARF and, and, and helping animals. It, it, it's just like both – both sides of your life right now are all going in the right direction. Am I clear with that? Does that seem right that all the great stuff you're doing off the field and now all the stuff you're doing on the field, the way they go hand in hand must be so rewarding. Yeah. It's all coming together pretty nicely right now. And obviously this is, um, this is just, this is just another stepping stone and raising that platform up a little bit highest that there's going to be more people that are being able to 
get involved with what we're doing out here with uh, with No Kid Hungry and with Arf and all the animal rescues we deal with. This is just uh, hopefully this is just another chance to raise awareness for the causes I'm using, cyberbullying involved, and it's just one of those things where we're going out there now and. And the, the better I pitch, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's great for me, but it's also the biggest thing for me is it's great for all the, the stuff that I do off the field. And like, as I said, I don't want to be remembered for what I am able to do on the field and everything like that. I want to be I want to be remembered for the type of person I was, the type of person, what I'm doing inside the community. The baseball stuff, it's that'll figure itself out, whether it is, whether it's good or whether it's bad or whatever happens. I'm just trying to leave this world a better place and hopefully we can go out there and all the stuff we're doing off the field is making a difference. Well, I can tell you I've covered this game a long time, and you have one of the best perspectives of any guy that I've ever covered. And let's talk about your team right now. Uh, Where is the ball club right now? Where are they mentally with three games left? And right now, eight games over 500, which is the best all year. Yeah, we're in a good place right now. Um, We're we're playing some good baseball. We've gone up against some tough teams, and we've – We've come out doing all right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just we're going out there, and I think everybody's kind of taking the pressure off themselves that we had earlier in the year of, like, oh, no, we need to repeat what we did last year. And now we're just, we're just playing the game. Like, we're getting contributions from, from guys up one through nine of the order. I think that's what we did last year, and that's what we were missing a little bit earlier, where it's just uh, one side would work well and the other side wouldn't. And then we'd hit well and we wouldn't pitch well. Or we'd pitch well, we wouldn't hit well. And now it's just uh, – everything's clicking on all cylinders and um as it, when it rains it pours and obviously this is a big series for us because the mariners uh the mariners have had our number this year so far now we're looking for some payback and we're in that we're in a good spot to be able to give it back to them let's end on this we're starting to see bullpens pitch more innings than ever before we're starting to see more relievers get hurt than ever before. We're seeing numbers that are not very good for relievers. And I think the one thing that you can talk about with your team, just talk about really how good the starting pitchers for the athletics so far, what they have done for this season in 2019. I mean, it's been incredible. I mean, a lot of people wrote our starting rotation off before the season even started. And then they went on a little bit of a hot streak to start the year off, and they went into a bit of a lull. And I mean, we've had guys – like one through five, we've had guys come up that are doing extreme, like incredible things. It's just uh, every anytime you can get a good starting rotation going, it makes your entire pitching staff better because the bullpen gets the slack taken off. That means that if a starter goes seven, you're only using one, maybe two guys to go the last two innings, and all of a sudden everybody else is fresh. And that's the biggest thing. It's like our bullpen. We've thrown a lot of innings. Don't get me wrong, but we've had the games in between where we've been able to go out there and give guys a break because the starting rotation is doing extremely well. Liam, congratulations. You've earned everything you have gotten. It's been great to watch you turn into an all-star, and for the rest of your life, they'll say all-star Liam Hendricks. Congratulations. Have a wonderful time at the game, and have a wonderful time with your family. You deserve it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Liam Hendricks right here on A's Cast Live. I really mean that. I mean, what this guy has done, it's, it's, it's remarkable. A year ago, almost to the day, he was DFA'd, and nobody in baseball wanted him. Nobody in baseball wanted him. And now he's an all-star. Think about that. He has started a playoff game. And now he's going to the All-Star game. And what does he want to talk about? How 
going to the All-Star game will help with all the causes because it just makes his name bigger. That's what he cares about. We live in a world of selfish, self-indulged people. Me, 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 I, I, I. What is this going to do for me? Am I going to get an all-star bonus? Look what this does for my brand. Everybody's a brand now. Everybody's got to be a brand. Liam Hendricks is about, as he said, he wants to make this place a better place before he leaves. When's the last time you heard that out of a out, out of anybody, right? You hearing out of the, you hearing that from any of the NBA guys? You hear that in the NBA? No, they care about shoe contracts. Where's my max deal? I love Liam Hendricks. He's a super, super and you know what he says? He walks by. So we have our table, right? If you follow us on Twitter, at Townsend Radio, or at, what is it, Athletics Cast 24 you'll see the table that we have that sits right near the dugout, and we do our show. Liam comes by all the time. Whenever you want me, I'll talk. Whenever you want me, you know, who does that? Who does that? Sometimes it's like pulling teeth to get these guys to talk. And it's not like we're covering the New York Yankees, right? It's not like there's a bazillion media members asking, oh, my God. I mean, think about that. It's not like there's this huge throng of media covering the Oakland Athletics. These guys get off so easy. They have no idea what it's like when you play in. We're a big market, but the team's not covered like a big market. That's why we have Ace Gas Live. Can you imagine what it was like to be Derek Jeter? Derek Jeter played for what, 20 years, 21 years, something like that? He basically had the media in front of him after every single game. He could go 0 for 4, make an error. By the way, he's going to have 20 people around him. He had to talk after every game. Every single game, Derek Jeter had to talk. And he did. He was a true professional. He never blew them off. He never had, you might say he's dull, but you know what? That's how you survive in New York for 20 years. Never threatened to fight anybody. Just sat at his lot, stood stood at his locker after every game. Bring it on. Why? Because I'm a professional. Some of these guys, like I said, it's pulling teeth to get them to do anything. Not Liam. He gets it. Liam knows that every single time he talks, that gives him an opportunity to reach out to people to further his cause, to help you understand what his causes are. Cyberbullying, helping kids who don't have food, helping animals. He's constantly trying to make things better, and he understands every single time he's in front of a microphone, it's an opportunity. It's very refreshing. And you know what? I keep telling you in the past, like, I'm not watching the All-Star game. I'm watching the All-Star game now because of Liam Hendricks. Not because of Matt Chapman, because of Liam Hendricks. Matt Chapman's going to make plenty of All-Star games. Matt Chapman is a nice kid. But Liam Hendricks is a special human being. And I'm not even talking about his statistics. His statistics are off the chart. 
How do you not root for someone like Liam Hendricks? We tried to run him out of town. Now we want him at the end of games. Think about that. Get him out of here. He's terrible. To, oh, my God, he's the only guy in the bullpen really Bob Melvin trust. How about that? He's the one guy Bob Melvin trusts at the end of games. I don't think he really trusts anybody else. You have to go to some guys. Who would have thought, hey, listen, big three right now, Wong, Soria, and Hendricks. Who saw that coming? I didn't see that coming. A couple things we got to get into. I got to think about this during the break. Do I want the offseason of Major League Baseball to be like the NBA? I don't know. I got to think about that. You think about that, and we'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. All right, so Buster Only has put out, and I've heard this from some people, because it's the rage. Do it like the NBA. Look how everybody gets all fired up for the NBA. So baseball, the World Series ends October 28, 2018. Eligible players become free agents on October 29, 2018 but can only negotiate with current teams for five days. October 31st, 2018, contract options must be decided unless otherwise specified in contract. November 2nd, 2018, deadline for teams to tender qualifying offers to free agents. 2003, uh, November 3rd, 2018, free agency begins. November 7, 2018, first top 50 free agent signs. Then it just goes off. The winter meetings was December 9th through the 13th, blah, 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 blah. And what everybody's freaking out is when Machado and Harper, the two biggest names, signed basically right before spring training. To where the NBA calendar from 2019 to 2020, on May 14th of this year, they had the draft lottery. June 13, the NBA Finals ended. June 20th, 2019, NBA Draft. June 24th, deadline for exercising exercising players' options. June 29th, deadline for decisions on early termination of options unless otherwise specified by contract. June 29th, deadline for making qualifying offers to potential restricted free agents. June 29th, it's all June 29th. Teams begin arranging meetings with prospective free agents. June 30th, last day of 2018-19 league year. June 30th, last day of eligible players to sign veteran extensions. June 30th, the league year begins, blah, 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 blah. Also, June 30th, free agents can enter verbal agreements with teams. They like the idea of how it all happens so fast. Here would be my thing on why I don't like that for baseball. Because 
Base, basketball essentially, for me, goes away. Like you really have to be into basketball. Like I like people start talking about the minute I hear put it this way for program directors out there, if you're listening, the minute I hear you talk about summer league, I turn the dial. I'm off to music. I'm gone. I'm a sports guy. I'm gone. The minute you start talking, does anybody care about training camps opening up? Let me tell you something. You never cared before the Golden State Warriors got good. You didn't care. We've turned into this crazed basketball market just because we had the best team, one of the best teams of all time. But if the Warriors revert back to, let's just say, not being a great team, which is possible, remember their players are getting older and they just lost Kevin Durant, you're not going to care about the Summer League. If they're a sixth seed, you're not going to care about the Summer League. You're not going to care about training camp. If there's other teams that are way better, it's going to revert. Because here's the thing, baseball now, especially, and this is why I said all the time on the postgame show, you have to be relevant for when the Warrior season ends. Warrior season ends, the average sports fan now looks up and goes, oh, what's going on with baseball? And before you know it, the biggest sport of them all, the NFL is going to start up. Basketball goes away. Some people are still trying to force feed you it. I guarantee you a lot of people have warrior fatigue, and they're like, Uncle, I'm tired of hearing about it. The baseball offseason, what I like about it is it's just it's kind of flowing out there. We have the winter meetings. We just don't like the fact that really baseball now, it's after the winter meetings. It's into the first of the year where now really business is starting to get done. But I like that it floats out there throughout the entire winter. And we have hot stove league shows, and we have all that. If everybody just signed right away, great, you'd have a fun week, but then it's over. What do you, now what do you talk about through the winter? We have things like Fan Fest. We have all these things in the wintertime that other sports don't have. Where's the Fan Fest in football? I didn't see the Raiders and Niners didn't do a Fan Fest. Is there a Fan Fest in the NBA? I don't remember a fan fest in the NBA where all the fans get together and the players come out and you have a fan fest. A's have one. Giants have one. Everybody has one. They can keep their the way their offseason goes. I would bet you, and I wonder if we can find this out, I would bet you that MLB Network gets better ratings in their offseason than the NBA's channel in their offseason. I, I I would bet. I would bet spring training games. I know this for a fact because I like the show MLB now as we've had Brian Kinney on this show. They preempt that show once games start because the ratings are way better. I bet you spring training games on on MLB Network get higher ratings than summer league games in Vegas. I don't know how we're going to find that out, but that's why I have Commander Cody here. He finds those things out. I like baseball's offseason the way it is. I like how it goes the entire. I like doing hot stove league shows. And that's something we're going to do here on Ace Cut. We're not going dark in the offseason, folks. 
A's Cast Live is going to stick around. We'll talk baseball throughout. And I'm planning on going to the winter meetings. The winter meetings are down in San Diego. We're planning on going to the winter meetings. We're going to make that happen. How cool is that? Do we got to find out? Is there a radio row like at the Super Bowl? We got to find out how that works because we are going. How cool would it be just to have us posted up right behind MLB Network? You know, MLB Network has all the guys come through. Yes. We should just post up right behind them, and then when everyone gets off the set there, they just come and join us. It's I, it's possible. I, I don't think the Yankees have Yankees cast live, so I think we'll be the only team there like that. And How cool can... would that be? So not only do you hear about the chicken pie shop in Walnut Creek, now I can take you to the original chicken pie shop, our family restaurant in San Diego that's called the San Diego Chicken Pie Shop. We've been around for 81 years. We can take you up to the to the pie shop. I believe you just won an award down there, too, if I'm not mistaken. A uh, small California business of the year for our district. I believe we had the, the owner of the, the shop on. Well, The other towns in. Yes, we are dual owners in that restaurant. But, yes, we had my brother on to talk about it as he went up to Sacramento to the capital to receive our award. But, yeah, I can't wait. We, we will go. Well, you know what? Even if, even if they try and pull something on us, we're, we're going, we're going. We'll, we'll shack up at uh, my, brother's, my brother's house, and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll have a good time. We're, 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 and we're Amelia. We're going to get Amelia Schimmel, who works for us, but used to work for the MLB Network. We're going to bring her along because she knows all these. These guys love her. Well, what, that, uh, as you were bringing me on, that's exactly what I was doing. I was texting Amelia to ask her if she can somehow find out the NBA versus uh, MLB Network uh, ratings question because she'd be the best person to ask. I, I'm, I, I, I'm willing to bet on it. You know, everybody, I'm telling you right now, we've turned into this NBA craze market. It's only going to last for so long. They're not going to win, as you're already seeing now, they're not going to win the title every year. And they're going to look like a far different team next year. And then going forward, all their stars are going to be in their 30s. And what happens to great players in their 30s? They're going to be expensive. You're paying all these guys the max. Doesn't let no one, no, no one wins forever. Father time catches up to everybody. There have been tremendous runs in the history of sports. You're seeing one right now. Not the Warriors. It's the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots, whether you like it or not, whether you think they're cheaters, whether, whatever you think about the New England Patriots, you can't deny the greatness of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You just can't. They have sustained greatness for decades in a sport that's not designed that. The NFL is not designed for you to do this. But somehow, some way, they've been brilliant as long as you got the coach and you got the quarterback, you can bring in all kinds of different players. How many different players have won Super Bowl rings with the New England Patriots? You look at the run of maybe the Boston Celtics back in the day. You know, the, the Lakers have had a pretty tremendous run throughout history. You know, you look at the Montreal Canadiens in hockey. There's been certain organizations that have had unbelievable runs, but it does not, does not last. You know how much you know how much money? I want you to think about this. You want to know how much money the New York Yankees have spent. So 
they won their last they had that great run and it ended in 2001 when they lost to the Diamondbacks, right? Luis Gonzalez breaking the bat against the great Mariano Rivera and they win in they win in 7. Bob Melvin gets a World Series ring being on that staff. So they win in 2000 so they so the Yankees win 3 in a row, 98, 99 and 2000, okay? Since 2000, how many World Series have they won? One. 2009. How much money have the Yankees spent from 2001 to today? They've won one World Series. They have spent billions of dollars. When your payroll for years is over $200 million, do the math. How much money have they spent to get one World Series. That's one of the beautiful things about baseball. Look at all the different teams that have won the World Series instead of one dominant team. The Royals have won. The Giants finally won. They've won three. Cardinals have won. Yankees have won. Red Sox have won. Astros have won. There have been so many different teams that have won the World Series. There hasn't been someone who's just been dominant where they run off five in a row. I mean, the Giants, I mean, give them respect, they have actually been the closest. The problem for the Giants when they, you can call it dynasty, whatever. I mean, the reality is we want to make people dynasty teams that really aren't dynasty teams. If you look at the definition of a dynasty, there really have only been a handful in sports. Like when the Celtics won, what was it, 11 out of 13 or 12 out of 13 back in the day? That's a dynasty. UCLA basketball, that's a dynasty. I guess you could say the Green Bay Packers, because you got to remember, they won NFL titles leading into the Super Bowl era and then won Super Bowls. I think you can no question call this New England Patriots team a dynasty. I think we're forgetting one here in the Bay Area. The San Francisco 49ers. No. That's our good friend Joey Jaws, who won his 12th. Oh, congratulations. What a call. Contest. What a call. That's a dynasty, folks. Oh, my God. 12th time. He has 12 mustard belts. Four times he's eaten 70 hot dogs. He ate 71 hot dogs. Joey day. Chestnut, the greatest competitive eater, the San Jose State Spartan, brought it home again on 4th of July. He makes me proud to be an American. He makes me proud to be a San Jose State graduate. Joey Chestnut, I love you. We had him on the program, front of the program. I forgot. We got to get him on. You know what, that's, I'm putting together, by the way, I'm putting together a list of A's Unfiltered, because we're just going to, we're going to play a boatload of A's Unfiltered for you uh, during the All-Star break. So one's going to have Chris Rose, Chris Russo, Ryan Stanek, and Trey Mancini. Another's going to have Dr. Wills, she, Meredith Wills, who, uh, has taken apart the ball and has proven that the ball is not the same. So we'll have one that has Dr. Wills, Mark Langson, Tim Salmon, and Rick Dempsey. We're going to have another one that's going to have Matt Chapman, Chris Herman, Darren Bush, and Dan Plesak. We'll have another one that's going to have Burt Blylevin, Hembo, Blackley, and Rob Nyer. And then now we'll do one with Liam Nightingale, Moskis, who's going to join us in moments. And we'll throw in Joey Chestnut. He ate, yeah, his record was 74. He ate, he ate how many this time? He ate 70? Uh, 71 he ate. 71. Yesterday, 71. 
the female champion ate, I think, 30 in 10 minutes or 31. She's incredible, too. So we got two powerhouses. I think she's won six in a row. Six in a row. How many is she? Uh, I think 31 in 10 minutes. <laughs> they're doing a, uh, I believe they're doing a 30 for 30 on Joey and um, Kobayashi. They should. I mean, that's Manning against Brady right there. That's one of the great. That's one of the greatest rivalries in the history of sports. Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut. I mean, that's Ali Frazier. And Joey Chestnut's Ali. 70, 71? 71. And he told us. Joey Chestnut told us right here on this program that after after that you are down for days. Your body is oh my god. 71 hot dogs. We have Daniel. Daniel, welcome to A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. So we had Joey Chestnut on before July 4th. <laughs> he, he actually lives over by me. Uh, we both went to San Jose State. He ate 70, what, his record 74, but he ate 71 hot dogs in 10 minutes. How many hot dogs do you think you could eat in 10 minutes? Oh, man. I... If I had to, probably 20, maybe. Wow. I mean, just 70. 70 seems like such an astronomical number. It's just that blows my mind. I can't get over it. <laughs> can you imagine how horrible you'd feel after that? <laughs> Literally, like, fathom it. <laughs> well, you guys up at Driveline are, are, are pretty amazing. And I know that the athletics, when I was up there with the A's in Seattle, I know Scott Emerson and a couple of the staff went over there to Driveline to, 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 to check it out. What is it like working there knowing that the, the innovation of, of making baseball players better is what you do and you guys do a phenomenal job with it? Um, I mean, it, it really is awesome. Um, you know, it's something that I just cherish because, you know, I played professionally, professionally for a while, and, you know, now I get to really give back to the game to, to make sure that, you know, nobody goes without the information that I'm sure people have gone without so far. You know what I mean? Like, just making sure that everybody has access to every bit of knowledge that we can give them so that, you know, they have the autonomy over their careers to make it what they want to. Yeah, this where we are now, and, and you know the craze all started with us, the A's and Moneyball, and the book came out, and then everybody's into sabermetrics. But back then... That was about math equations. Now we're making players better through stuff like TrackMan and Rapsado and, and these high-tech cameras. Tell us what you do with pitchers. Tell us what you do with hitters because it's now about making the player, the individual, better. Uh, absolutely. Um, so, so what you just mentioned um, you know, is definitely a significant piece to the puzzle, um, but it is only one piece of the puzzle. Um, so... You know, what you referenced are pitch tracking technologies, which, you know, we operate under, you know, the assumption that the more data, the better. So, so the more that you can have, you know, as long as you are analyzing it and putting it to good use, like you can never have too much data. Um, and so what we do with the pitch tracking technology is just, you know, it's a way to, to spot check what guys' stuff looks like. Um, you know, where, you know, what does the curveball look like? What does it spin like? Um, how much is it moving? Um, and we can use that in conjunction with some high-speed cameras to find out if the ball's coming out of their hands differently than, you know, they think it is. Um, you know, you can only rely on proprioception so much. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you need technology to help guide you. 
And I think about pitch shaping. Is pitch shaping the biggest thing that you guys do? Uh, that's a, I mean, it's a tough question to say one way or the other um, that one thing is the most important thing that we do. Um, and, and the reason that I say that is because every pitcher that comes to see us is different. Um, and so while we can get pitchers who have dynamite arsenals, you know, that they don't really need much work there, but they just don't throw hard enough. You know, we've got, we've got things that, you know, are important for them that maybe are more important than pitch shaping or pitch designing. And then, you know, we've got guys who might, you know, throw a hundred and, but they have no secondary offering whatsoever. And so for those types of pitchers, yes, pitch shaping and, you know, pitch design is going to be really, really important for them. Yeah, velocity is such a big deal in our game, and it just seems like, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, everybody coming out of the bullpen is now throwing 97. How do you take a human being who thinks they're maxed out velocity-wise, how do you take them and how do you get them to even throw harder than they ever did before? Uh, well, it's, it's all through the assessment process. Um, you know, we run them through our own biomechanics lab. Um, we create a mocap report for them. Um, and so that right out of the gate is going to tell us just how well they move, how fast they move, and, you know, where their body's, body and body parts are at in time and space um, to, you know, help try and work out some inefficiencies within their delivery. So for some people, it's simply they just need to move better. Um, for other people, it might be they need a strength focus, which is what our, you know, our strength assessment that we put them through is going to tell us. Um, you know, so it's, like I said, there's no there's no right or wrong answer. There's no exact science to this. Um, you have to make it individualized with each athlete that comes through so that you can make sure that like the program, their program is catered and tailored exactly to their needs. So if you want to get a hold of driveline baseball and you want to, the ability to potentially train with them, you go to their website, drivelinebaseball.com. That's drivelinebaseball.com. I know more about the pitching side than I do the hitting side. So kind of elaborate to us what you guys do with hitters. Uh, well, I am in the same boat as you. I know a lot more about the pitching side <laughs> than I do the hitting side. Um, you know, my, my knowledge of the hitting side just comes from being able to interact with the hitting trainers now, now that I'm an employee of driveline. Um, but I do know that They've got a really, really good program in place. Um, you know, obviously the the odds seem to be stacked against hitters in modern day baseball, um, but they're definitely working towards trying to level the playing field. Well, we're, we're seeing home runs fly out of the ballpark. It, it's unbelievable. So all these different changes that are happening in the game and what you guys are doing with hitters, no, no question, is it working? How rewarding is it for you a, a, as someone that did pitch at the highest level to, to, to work with these young athletes and to watch them walk out your door knowing that they're a better player now because of what you guys did for them? Oh, it's tremendously rewarding. Um, and, you know, like, I don't do it for the gratitude. Um, you know, I do it because there were people along the way that helped me. Um, and, you know, and that always has resonated with me is, you know, people went out of their way and took me under their wing and, you know, showed me the ropes. Um, and so, like, I'm forever grateful for that and so i just want to you know make the most of the opportunity that i have now to try and give that back um you know there's there's no athlete that is you know a finished product really and so we can always always be working to get better um and so it's just it's really been a lot of fun 
Yeah, you know, I, I think about what Billy Bean said. If anybody could figure out how to prevent Tommy John surgery, you'd be a billionaire. <laughs> what, what do you guys do with everything that you're looking at and trying to help pitchers? What do you do to try, and, and I don't know if it's a, a different delivery or something, to try and keep them healthy as much as you possibly can? Uh, it's, I'm glad that you brought that up um, because, you know, velocity games are not the only thing that we want to be known for. Um, you know, a big part of our program is helping, you know, pitchers to throw more efficiently. Um, and with that, you know, if their velocity starts to trend up, you know, hopefully it's not at the, you know, sacrifice of stress on your elbow or shoulder. Um, and so we make sure that we are constantly retesting our athletes. Um, we have six-week training blocks. And, you know, we are just retesting at the end of those and making sure that, you know, we've, you know, A, we're making gains, A, that, or B, that they're moving more efficiently, and C, that they're taking stress off of their bodies to do so. How many big league teams have contacted you and sent players to you? Or uh, like the A's, they came to look at what you guys are doing? Um, that I do not know. Um, that is, you know, I would say, I guess, above my pay grade, um, you know, and it's, you know, I don't know what types of discussions go on between uh, the CEO and founder and the directors of pitching that we have. You know, I don't know how those conversations happen, what they sound like. Um, you know, I just, I do know that we're starting to make an impact in the game of baseball and people are taking notice of it. Um, and that is, that's good enough for me. You, you know, it was uh, really impressive the way the Houston Astros said, okay, we're going to get Justin Verlander, and we're going to make Justin Verlander better. When you look around Major League Baseball, with the technology that you have, and Major League Baseball teams have this technology, who do you think is the best at remaking baseball players and making them better inside the game? Um, I, would, I would have to say that the, uh, the Astros are number one. Um, that they do it better than anybody else right now. Um, I think the Dodgers are probably second. Um, and, you know, I think that everybody else is, is trying to play catch-up in some way, shape, or form. Um, but uh, I think that everybody is definitely aware of the fact that, you know, data and technology and baseball can coexist and can actually be used to, you know, improve processes and things of that nature. So we know what you guys are doing is state-of-the-art, and it's the best in the game right now. And I know everybody's always looking to get better and looking to the future. Where do you think this evolves to? What do you think is the next craze in baseball to make players better? Oof. Boy, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> ah, that's a tough one. I, um, I'm not sure that I have a finite answer for that. Um, you know, I, I couldn't tell you what baseball is going to look like in five years. Um, I just know that it's going to be different than it is now. Um, you know, baseball will change probably more in the next five years than it has over the previous 25. Um, and I, and I do really firmly believe that. Um, but I don't really know what that's going to look like at the end of the day. Would you say where we are right now, that this is the best in shape, the best athletes we have ever seen in the game of baseball? I think we're getting there. I mean, I think that you have to say that right now it's the best. I don't think there's really any debating that. Um, you know, we just, as people continue to specialize in baseball training, I think that you'll just continue to see a better baseball athlete. Um, 
and you know even more so just the cream rises to the top you know it's it's going to get harder and harder to become a big league baseball player um you know just because the level that you have to be able to perform at is going to be so high Daniel, thank you for the time. We really appreciate it. And we'd love to be able to, if we have some questions, call on you because what we know you guys are doing there at Driveline is state-of-the-art and no one's doing it better. Absolutely, man. Feel free to ask any questions as they pop up. Have a great weekend. All right, you do the same. Daniel Moskis from Driveline Baseball. Yeah, you can check it out. You go to drivelinebaseball.com. I know the A's were up there recently. The last Seattle trip, they were very impressed. And what's so weird about this, you know what? I'm going to tell you next. There is something that's really weird about this. And it is changing baseball, but you never would have thought it would change this way. We'll talk about it next on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, I'm just going to apologize now. I totally forgot what I just teased because my wife just threw me a curveball. Now I don't remember what I was going to say. Does Ruth back at Shout remember? You think she's even listening? You think Ruth just goes, what are these guys talking about? No, she listens because I told you when we had the man bun conversation, she was messaging me like crazy saying. Well, yeah, you remember the man bun thing. No. I mean, that that's how radio works. Like radio... Radio works this way, and for some reason, program directors don't get it. You can sit here and have the greatest conversations. You can have the smartest stuff, but the audience only remembers the craziness. The audience remembers the crazy story, like a bit you, we used to do back in the day called, This Happened, and Then There Was Blood All Over. So people would call in and go, I got a story. You know, we were on vacation and blah, 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 and then all of a sudden I got hit, and then there was blood all up. People remember that. When we used to do make the call, so basically it would be like, okay, is this a, um, and there's my wife again. She keeps throwing me a curveball, sneaking into the studio. So, like, make the call. Okay, it started as, when we were on KMBR morning show, it started as Steakhouse or Gay Bar. That's how it started. So we would give you a, an establishment, and you'd call in, and you'd have, to, you'd have to figure out whether it was a steakhouse or a gay bar. It was hilarious. So then I took that bit over to 95.7 and turned it into Make the Call. Where it could be anything. Is this a, is this a convict or a, a former Major League Baseball player? So we used to do it. So people remembered that. People remember the silly, stupid stuff. They won't remember the smartest stuff that you do. That's just how it works. So that's why we could have on the greatest guest in the world, and two weeks from now, someone will come up to me at the Coliseum, and they'll say, oh, boy, man, that man bun thing was sure funny, Townie. Are you listening back? What, what, did I, what was I talking about? Well, you know, this millennial technology, I can't listen back while we're on the air, but we can do a live test to see if this is actually working. All right, see what it. I – we're going to go back and see exactly what I said. Well, let's see. All right. Made in the U.S. Oh, oh, that's the spot, so we're not back far enough yet. Millennial technology is not working. All right, here we go. Here we go. 
And what's so weird about this, you know what? I'm a we got to go back a little bit more. Daniel Moskis from Driveline Baseball. Yeah, you can check it out. You go to drivelinebaseball.com. I know the A's were up there recently. The last Seattle trip, they were very impressed. They were. And what's so weird about this, you know what? I'm going to tell you next. There is something that's really weird about this. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Okay, here we go. Here's what's really weird about this. <laughs> this is the thing I love about Ace Cast Live. We can do whatever we want. Remember when Jim Harbaugh said that? Harbaugh, the head coach of the 49ers, was like, hey, we're the 49ers. We can do whatever we want. Well, we're Ace Cast Live. We can do whatever we want. David Force coming up here at 530 for the David Force Show. Baseball is so dumb. Oh, my God. They are so dumb. They really are. Do you realize this stuff really started in college? College baseball. Baseball is so far behind when it comes to change. Everybody is a dinosaur. Front offices have changed that over time, but still. Oh, look at Moneyball. Oh, Moneyball. Look, they're changing. Are you kidding me? They were using TrackMan in golf in the early 90s, late 80s. You're writing books about math equations. Golf has been 20, 30 years ahead of baseball. They're now using technology golf use. My brother, I've told this story. My brother used to be on TrackMan for Titleist. Titleist down in Carlsbad. Titleist, the company Titleist, has so far ahead of Major League Baseball. It's a joke. We were impressed by war. We're impressed by, oh, it's OPS plus or it's OPS. These baseball guys are geniuses. No, they're not. They're behind the times. Golf has been using radar. Golf's been using TrackMan since the early 90s. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how far. And now baseball's like, wow, look, look, look how we've been. Look, driveline's something new. Places like Driveline and Golf, they've been doing this since the TaylorMade. They've been doing this since the 90s, using this technology. We act like this technology's new in baseball. It's been around for years. Baseball is so far behind. It's a, And now, and by the way, the smarty smartisans aren't looking so smart anymore. If you don't have the athletic, I understand people don't want to pay for stuff, but if you if you if you have the athletic, go read Peter Gammon's article today. Was it from today? It's fascinating. Bullpens are getting chewed up. They're absolutely getting chewed up. Because these smart guys, right? Everybody's gotta be from Harvard. Everybody's gotta be from Yale. They're just smarter than all of us. Well, guess what, super smart guys? Your bullpens. You have more pitchers on the disabled list slash we call it the injured list now than ever before. Your pitchers are pitching less innings as starters, and it's now dramatically affecting you. The bullpenning stuff, we're starting to figure out this is not sustainable. Now my wife's texting. Jesus. Have Cody come through the house on the way out. I have something for him. It's so important that my wife, during a live show, has to text me. And yes, I'm like a millennial. I see something on my phone. I have to. I have to. I have to look at it. I thought it was going to be something important. I was going to give you the data on the uh, the ERAs from pitching from Gammons' article. 
okay, here's the deal. Go ahead. For the first time since, uh, wait for it, none of us were born. Raise your hand, and if you're driving, listening, do not do this. But if you're not driving, raise your hand if you were born in 1968. Raise your hand if you were alive in 1968. Because yours truly was not. Cody, what, you're 31? I'm 30. You're 30. You're definitely not. The last time starters overall had a better ERA than relievers, you got to go back to 1968. These guys in the front offices who think they're so freaking smart are now ruining their bullpens. They're teaching their starters not to go deep. And it's really affecting the sport. There's no doubt about it. Go read Peter Gammons, Hall of Fame writer, talking to certain executives going, yeah, we're starting to realize this isn't going to work. I thought the most compelling thing of the article, not about the velocity, the bullpen ERAs, the mention of Bob Melvin and how he feels bad for them, and the a- feel bad for Bob and the A's, but the part about the Granky. I didn't see thing. that part. He mentions the A's yeah. in the article? At the very beginning of the article, he, he mentions how he says, there are so, f- so many starters hurt, so few starters capable of, finishing six innings that relievers are simply worn out. I feel sorry for Bob Melvin in Oakland, who's a great manager of the starting pitching staff that's been cut short by injuries, which has resulted in Blake Trinan and Lou Trevino being worn out. Wow. But the stat he has in here about Granke and, and Kershaw blew my mind. He talked to a couple executives, and he mentioned how in the recent matchup, Granke was throwing 92 and Kershaw was throwing 91, and that it made a GM think that if – if they were showcasing those guys right now, they wouldn't go in the first five rounds of the MLB draft. This is these are two guys. One guy is going to be a Hall of Famer. The other guy is a Hall of really good guy, and Zach Ranky. And these two guys wouldn't go in the first five rounds because of their their velo right now. I could. I think you could make a. Uh, I think you could make a case that Zach Granke could be a Hall of Famer. Let me just go to the old baseball reference here, Commander Cody. Do you think he gets in before a guy like uh, you? Some of the article about Tommy John that was pretty funny. But. Tommy John not being in the Hall of Fame is a joke because Tommy John won a boatload of games. He won like two hundred eighty-eight games. Two hundred eighty-eight games, and, and, and you have a surgery named after him. You're not in the Hall of Fame. Did you see uh, the Major League Baseball invited CC Sabathia to, to the All Star game? He's yeah. not going to be in the game, but he's going to be there. And he's I think he's the next guy that could be like the fringe like Tommy John guy because he's I, at two hundred fifty wins. Okay, no one's getting three hundred wins. So you got to get over that right here. Zach Greinke right now has 196 victories. He's won a Cy Young Award. He's been to multiple All-Star games. He's he's finished in the top ten. His career's not over. Zach Greinke could get easily into 200 victories. I mean, look at these years he's had. 15-4, and 17-8, 19-3, 13-7, 17-7, 15-11. Right now he's 9-3. He's 16 years in, he's 9-3. You're trying to tell me after a couple more years when he's got like 200 and something victory. Pedro Martinez, he's going to pass Pedro Martinez. The best one is when he went 19-3, and he didn't even win the Cy Young that year. I think that's your Jake Arrieta one when he had like the 170 ERA. But the year the Granky won the Royals, everyone complained because like, oh, he only has 16 wins. He had a 216 ERA playing for the Royals. He's led the league in ERA multiple times. He's led the league in ERA plus multiple times. He's led the league in whip multiple times. I could totally see Zach Greinke being a Hall of Famer. Let's look at this year. This, this is the best year he's had since 2015. He has an ERA under three. I think he's at, what, 290 right now? And the, and he's the best guy on the on the Diamondback staff that's, okay, not great, but he's 9-3 with a 290 ERA, I believe is what his, his he's numbers He's an ace. Are. 
and he's getting paid like an ace too. He's and, an ace, and everyone always forgets he's only thirty-five. It's not like he's like forty years old. That's what I'm either. saying. I mean, he's gonna pitch. Let me see what's. Yeah, he's making some large loot too, but now he should. He's getting paid. He's making. Th- oh my god, he's making thirty-four million this year. Thirty-four point five. The next two years, he makes thirty-five million. Wow. Good on you, Zach Greinke. All right, coming up, we're going to have the general manager show. I did not realize Peter Gammons mentioned the A's. We'll see how David Force feels about that right here on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. Can you believe that? In this article by Peter Gammons in The Athletic, he does say, if you looked at Grinky and Kershaw, well, this is not actually accurate, by the way, because it says you know where they are now in their careers is far different. I mean, Kershaw used to throw ninety four, ninety five. Grinky used to have much better velocity. So, would they have been first round picks? Maybe. I mean, they're addicted to velocity more than ever before. And it also is the reason why we're seeing more guys hurt than ever before. I don't think there's any question to that. Instead of getting up there and pitching, you got guys who just get up there and they're just, you know, throw it as hard as you can. Every single pitch. Everything is max. Everything. You throw your slider as hard as you can. You throw split fan. Everything is maxed out. To where guys that throw seven, eight innings, you're, you're cruising at a certain speed. You want to be able to elevate. But you're not, you know, you look at a guy like Maddox. Maddox was not full throttle every pitch. Even a young Maddox in Chicago threw 94 miles an hour. But it was about going deep into games, and you can't go full max to do that. It's now time for the David Force Show. The only place you get the general manager show of the Oakland Athletics is right here on A's Cast Live. How you doing, David? What's up, Chris? How are you? I'm doing great. And just how proud are you of, of Liam Hendricks, a guy that was DFA'd on June 25th last year, is now going to the All-Star game? It's a great, it's a great story and, and so good for Liam. Um, yeah, he's come a long way and... and it kind of, you know, it kind of hit the bottom last year. He had the injury early in the season in 2018, and uh, like you said, got designated, spent some time in the minor leagues, really working on his game, working on his stuff, and came back in September, played a critical role, and then to see what he he's been able to do this year, um, man, I don't know where we'd be without him. I mean, when you think about that, and, and in your career. There, there's all these good stories. You know, when, when, when we as fans want to run guys out the door and you guys don't always do that, what is it about certain guys that you want to keep around and give them second shots? Well, you just have to, you have to acknowledge that these guys go through ups and downs. I mean, there's so few players that have this kind of like direct upward trajectory to their career. Um, and part of being in the big leagues is, making adjustments and, and fighting through some of the adversity. And um, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of times where guys struggle and the, the natural thing is to kind of move, move them aside and, uh, and move on. But, uh, and, and look, to some extent, you know, Liam had to, had to take this on himself when he got sent to AAA. but um, you know, look, Marcus is a guy we've talked a ton about this year about 
what he struggled through and, and uh, how he rewarded us for sticking with him. Um, and, and, yeah, Liam's the same way. I mean, he, he went down to AAA, made some adjustments, uh, picked up some velocity this year through some hard work, and, uh, yeah, made himself into an all-star. Yeah, we talked to Liam earlier today from Seattle, and, you know, and when he talked about – you know, him going to the All-Star game, it just wasn't about him. It was about, you know, all the causes that he has and that he and his wife do that it's just going to help him. And he talked about, you know, when he leaves this earth, he wants to make it a better place. You don't hear a lot of ball players saying stuff like that. No, that's, that's great to hear. And he does do an incredible job. Um, you know, I know he's been involved with, with animals. He's been involved with online bullying. A lot of things that he, uh, he feels strongly about and, I'm thrilled to hear that he feels like he can maybe use his platform now as an all-star to uh, to further some of those causes. So we have three games left before the break, and of course this interview will rerun on A's cast throughout the break. I think you've got to be really <laughs> happy with your ball club right now being eight games over 500 after all the early adversity. Without a doubt, yeah. No, look, we just took two out of three games from a really good team. Uh, the Twins have had a great first half. We know how good their lineup is. We saw three three good pitchers, you know, to Rizzi, Gibson, and Berrios, and, and to take two out of three games, and, and we had opportunities to win the middle game as well. That, that is a great sign. Uh, it would be great to finish up strong here against the Mariners, but, um, you know, we, we've talked a lot all season about that 500 mark and getting there and falling behind and getting back over 500 and, Right where we are now, eight games over, just a game out of that second wild card. We we plan on being uh, in this thing for the rest of the way. It, has your cell phone been blowing up, or have you been blowing people up? Is the trade <laughs> trade deadline's coming up before you know it? It is. Every time you and I talk, it gets a week closer. But uh, same so yeah, same level of conversation, and uh, we we continue internally to kind of keep track of the market, who who might be available as additions to this club, and and where where the best. Uh, the needs are to fill. I know you cannot talk names, but speaking of needs, where do you think your needs are? Well, uh, I know we've talked a couple times since losing Frankie, and, and, you know, I think we're going to have to keep our eye on the rotation. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we're not going to see Jesus Lazardo here as soon as we hoped. Uh, he's got the lat strain and, and is going to be down for a few weeks. So we're going to have to keep an eye on the rotation. Uh, certainly, we've talked about the bullpen uh, and the potential to add add someone there the way we, we had so much success last season. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think we're ruling anything out. Uh, the, the market will sort of develop over the next few weeks, uh, and I think when everybody gets back from the All-Star break, you'll start, start seeing some moves made. You know, Jesus Lazardo is such a special talent. And, you know, we were in Tokyo, Japan when we first got the, the news about the shoulder. And then now with the lat, and it's a grade two sprain. I've been looking it up. As you said, it, it's going to take some time. And time is rest is what you need to help out this injury. And when you think about being shut down, you're going to have to wind him up all over again. So are we thinking probably late August, September, probably the earliest we could potentially, if everything goes great, see him in the big leagues? Uh, I, yeah, I think it's too soon to put a time frame on it. Uh, this is this is a muscular injury. It's it's like a hamstring pull. If you, you push it too soon, you just you have the chance to make it worse. So I know I know Jesus is impatient, understandably. He you know, he was so close, frankly, to making our team out of spring and then spent two months in Arizona and was out and pitching great. 
um, and just, you know, unfortunately hit this, this roadblock again. But, um, you know, what we do know is he won't throw through the all-star break and then we'll reevaluate him down in Arizona, but he's, he's itching to get out there. I know, I know he wants to be up here and helping this team and, and uh, proving he belongs in the big league. So we'll have to see how it goes. I know fans are frustrated. I can't imagine. What's it like for you where you know you have this unbelievable talent, you know this kid could help you win games and potentially get you into the playoffs. As a general manager, just just how tough is it that, that he just can't stay healthy right now? Nah, look, I, there are so many things that I can't control. Um, this is It's not about me or anyone in the front office. It's about the kid and, and – you know, I feel bad for Jesus. It's it's difficult to spend that time in Arizona rehabbing. It's it's mentally hard, and it's the kind of thing that that you know when a guy does work through it. And you look when you know Jarrell Cotton gets back, you'll see how much time he spent rehabbing. So th- these things are hard on the players, and and I appreciate the fact that these guys want to be here and contribute and feel a part of the team. So uh, I have no doubt that Jesus will be able to to get through this again and get back to Vegas soon, and and hopefully here in Oakland sometime. Bullpens are just crazy these days. You got so many different arms, and guys are so different year to year. I mean, you now look what Wong's doing for you. Soria's starting to pitch well. I mean, basically, Liam Hendricks is now your closer. Just how crazy is it building bullpens year to year? It's pretty unpredictable. I, I will say that. Um, look, what what those guys do is is so high intensity. It's so precise that we know, you know, from watching Blake and Lou and and how great they were last year, that kind of the the littlest thing can throw off their game. And if, if, you know, if they're not commanding one pitch or if if another pitch isn't working, it, it kind of affects their whole performance. They don't, those guys in the bullpen don't have a lot of margin for error. So it's, it's tough for them to be, uh, be perfect from year to year, but you hope that other guys step up. I mean, we obviously signed, Soria with the idea that he would add depth and, and Joaquim has a long track record of performing and, and has pitched, I would say the last six weeks, like we know he's capable of. We talked about Liam stepping up. Yasmiro Petit has been incredibly valuable for Bob in just about every role, a couple innings in the middle of the game, setting up late. Um, and, and Wong has been great. I mean, we, we signed him, on a minor league deal, knowing he had some big league experience, knowing he pitched very well in Korea last year. Um, But to see how he's stepped up and to get his first professional win in in a big game yesterday has been great. Peter Gammons did an article in The Athletic where he mentions the A's and he talked about feeling bad for Bob Melvin because of the starters being hurt and injuries, meaning he had to pitch bullpen guys more and used a ton of starters last year, ton of starters this year. I don't know if I buy this, but he says – Blake Trine and Lou Trevino have been worn out. I don't know if I buy that, but what do you think are the struggles this year for Blake Trine and Lou Trevino? Yeah, I, I didn't see Peter's article. I know, I know Bob's not feeling bad for himself. I know Bob goes into every day uh, feeling like he can win with, with whoever he's got on his roster. Um, but, but it's a little bit what I said earlier. You know, these guys, what they do is so precise, a small thing, you know, a, a little shoulder issue for Blake or some fastball command for Lou really, um, you know, it really affects how they do uh, on that big stage. And uh, we have seen with relievers, guys, you know, guys get used. You got to make sure you take care of them. We, we have a process where we evaluate the bullpen every day and look at their workload. And that's important because it's a long season. 
But uh, I, I, you know, Lou's thrown really well his last few times out, and I think Blake's going to bounce back. So I think uh, I think we're in good shape for the second half. Yeah, how hard is that for you? How hard is it for Bob that when you have someone who has the hot hand, you want to pitch him as much as you possibly can because every single game matters. But at some point, you have to say, man, we need to give this guy a rest. Yeah, it's it's huge, and and you saw yesterday actually in the day game against Minnesota. We'd used Liam a couple nights in a row. He was, you know, he was absolutely unavailable yesterday. As well as he's pitched, he shut down some games for us. We went into that game yesterday knowing we cannot use Liam. It just isn't in his best interest. Uh, and the other guy stepped up. You got two and a third from Wong. Lou through the eighth inning in a in a game we were leading, which is not a a role he's done much of late. And then Joaquin closed. So, um, you know, again, it's. It's about every guy stepping up, and, and as far as the workload goes, it's about us protecting our own guys, making sure they, they make it through 162. When you say a guy is not available, take me through the process. Is, is it done by how many outings in a row? Is it done by pitches? How, how do you determine this? It, it's a little bit of everything, Chris. It's, uh, it's days in a row. It's, it's, you know, guys have guys had two days off at some point to recharge. It's, what is the, the stress level of the outings they've had? Um, so we do, you know, we try and create an objective process where you, you sort of evaluate their workload over the past 10 days, over the past 20 days. And again, make sure not, you know, not only keep them healthy, but a lot of guys obviously pitch better uh, the more rested they are. It's a performance issue too. So, um, you know, we worked, we've worked a long time with the training staff here with Nick Paparesta and his group, along with our, you know, our group of analysts in the front office to try and make this an objective process. So we, we can come into a game knowing, okay, who's, who's at their peak performance level today. And I think about one guy who's helping you with all of that. It's Mike Fires. Talk about the veteran and what he has meant to your club ever since he threw that no-hitter. Yeah, we were so worried after that no-hitter that, uh, you know, that that kind of game takes a toll on you. And, and Mike's only gotten better and, and stronger since then. Um, but, look, we, you know, we went into the offseason knowing we were going to need to sign some starting pitching, knowing we were going to need guys to – to get innings for us and what we saw from Mike in August and September last year made us think like this is a guy who uh you know who can do that every fifth day he has a consistent track record of being out there of, of making his starts and taking the ball and he's done way more than that his last you know dozen or so or so starts he's really he saves the bullpen he keeps us in games he's thrown up a bunch of zeros for us over the last two months well, David, my gift to you is we're not doing anything during the All-Star break. You got a week off. Enjoy yourself and with your family and some time here during the All-Star break, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. That sounds great, Chris. Enjoy. Uh, hope you get a couple days off yourself. Thank you so much. David Force, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics right here on A's Cast Live. This is the only place you get the general manager show. This is the only place you get the manager show with Bob Melvin. Are you ready for a little uh, buying? By the way, what are we going to put in pregame? I say we put some David because uh, Vince already has Liam Hendricks. So I say we put some David Forrest in the pregame, A's Total Access, and Daniel Moskis. All right.
I can do, yeah, I, I think Mo, I think David obviously is a good choice because he's a GM, and Moskis was the pitching inside was was really good with that. So I, I agree, both those are good good candidates for that. Ah, so we'll have that stuff for you on A's Total Access. Let's get to buying or selling. It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. All right, Tony. I don't know if you saw this the other day or not, but I'm going to start out by saying this. John Sterling has called about all but two New York Yankee games since taking over as the team's radio play-by-play announcer in 1989. That streak, which began after he missed the, fir- the two games that first season, is about to end. Well, it ended yesterday. It's at 5,059 games. John- that's how many games in a row John Sterling called as the radio play-by-play voice as the Yankees. Michael Kay is actually out, too. He had um, vocal cord throat surgery. So both the Yankees' lead guys are out. But my, my buying or selling question for you is this. John Sterling, the Yankees play-by-play announcer, is the new Iron Man in Major League Baseball. I'm selling. He's he's done. He's ta- the, the, the streak's ending. The streak's ending, but like move over Cal Ripken. <laughs> John Sterling's 5,000 straight games is the Iron Man streak everyone should live up to. I, I'll buy that. I mean, it's, he's had a hell of a run. I mean, was he 81 years old? Yeah, that's about wow. right. Wow. T- I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to be here at 81 years old. I'm uh, not. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I will be there. I'm like no way. No way do I want any part of that when I'm 81 years old. I want to be traveling. I want to see the world. I'm not. I'm not hanging out on charters, kissing these guys' butts when I'm 81 years old. I can guarantee you that. All right. So let me tell you. Let me go over this with you. Cody Bellinger hit his 30th home run the other day. Him and Christian Yelich are the two NL players that have 30 home runs this season. It's only the third time in National League history that thir- uh, two guys have had 30 home runs for the All Star break. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and yes, Greg Vaughn did it in 1998. We know McGuire ended with 70, Sosa 66, and Greg Vaughn ended with 50. And then Barry Bonds and Luis Gonzalez ended, uh, had 30 going to the break in 2001. But Gonzalez actually finished with less home runs that year than Sammy Sosa, who ended up hitting 64. And we know Bonds broke the record. Buying or selling the Co- Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich will hit, each hit 60 home runs this season. Hmm. They're both at 30? Yeah. Well, we also is at 31. Bellinger's at 30. I'm buying. I mean, think about it. We're just entering summer. It, it's getting hot. So, you're going to be every ballpark you're going to be playing at. I mean, the ball is already flying. But now, and, and it's proven that, that balls fly further in humidity. And in very, uh, like, desert-like air, very dry air, to where they do- doesn't fly as far with marine layer, like in San Francisco, Oakland, San Diego. So now that it's summertime, it's going to be hot everywhere. Balls are going to be fine. I'll, 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 I'll bet they both uh, hit 60. Remember, and Yellow plays his home games at Miller Park, which is a band box. So I, I'm, I'm with you. That's why I think they're both going to hit 60, and it's going to be great. All right, last one quickly, because I saw this earlier today. On this date, 30 years ago, Seinfeld debuted on NBC. Now, tonight it's 30 six, years ago? 30 years ago today, July 5th. 1989. Wow, it debuted in 89. God, I was in high school when it debuted. So at City Field, I thought it was in college. At City Field tonight, Keith Hernandez and Jerry Seinfeld are reunited. The first 25,000 fans received a Jerry Seinfeld bobblehead. Fans are encouraged to watch every episode before they arrive, from the Chinese restaurant to the Hamptons, as attendees will be attested to their Seinfeld knowledge with a tribute hustle by Jerry Seinfeld, who's a lifelong Mets fan. In addition, the infamous soup Nazi, Larry Thomas, will be on hand on the concourse to meet with fans as well. No soup for you. No soup for you. So, Hello, Jerry. I, 
Hello, Newman. So buying or selling, Seinfeld is the greatest sitcom of all time. Ooh. Ooh. It's definitely a heavyweight. It's definitely a heavy. I will say I'm selling. My favorite all time was Cheers. Cheers was good. I thought you were going to go with Friends because everyone always goes with Friends is the other one. And Big Bang Theory is one that's coming up now because it's more of a more modern day sitcom that was on CBS. I would see you little sensitive butterflies out there would like the Big Bang Theory. Actually, I, I think Seinfeld's the greatest sitcom ever. But You like Seinfeld? Oh, I love that show. I'm going to go Cheers. P- people always say that I'm like the modern day George Costanza. My my wife my wife owns every every Friends episode. And by the way, it's uh, in my garage currently as we speak. We had to have, oh, we had to, I've got to have it. And I had to go out and pay for it. And now it's sitting in the garage. The one thing about the, why I say I'm the modern day George Costanza, because I tell people, hello, I'm George, I'm Cody. I'm 30. I'm unemployed and I'm divorced. and I live with my parents. None of that was true, except for the divorce part. But people in Georgia cheap. So that always tied in with me. And that, that is still true at 30 years old. I'm still cheap. So if you had to pick a sign of a character, who do you relate yourself to? Are you Jerry? You seem more of like a uh, you seem more of like a Kramer kind of guy. <laughs> oh God! Hello, Newman. I I don't I honestly I I don't I don't think I fit in any. I, I'd be more like Ted Danson in Cheers. I, I would relate. I would I would relate more to Ted Danson. Hello, Jerry. <laughs> Hello, Newman. I, I mean, seriously. I mean, sign for. I mean. It's like who's the greatest baseball player of all time? I don't know, but you got to have a conversation. I mean, Ruth's gonna be in there, Ricky's gonna be in there, Mays is gonna be there, uh, Aaron's gonna be in there. Right? You got to throw Bonds in there. I mean, who's the best? I don't know who the best guy is, but I know that's kind of like Seinfeld, Cheers, Friends. I mean, there's, you know, there's a top five, top ten. They're in the top five. No question. for you. And how much money does Seinfeld make? My God. And the great thing is, no matter how much he makes, he's back on tour. He's still out there touring because he's a comic at heart. All right, that is going to do it for another edition of A's Cast Live. Coming up, we're going to have A's Total Access right here on A's Cast on 860 AM, The Answer in the Bay Area, and Sports 1140 KHDK in Northern California. You're going to hear Liam Hendricks with Vince Catronio. You're going to hear some David Force with me, and we'll also have some Daniel Moskis from Driveline Baseball talking about our great game and making players better. And then after that, you're not going to hear from me for a while. I will miss you. I'm going to recharge my battery. And like I said, when we come back, I don't want to hear her talk about a marathon. It's a sprint from here on out. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 